Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Get Better Wellness Radio Show. Today is September 18th, and I'm your host, Erin Chamerlick, the Real Food Revivalist, coming to you live from Chicago. On this show, we talk about um, the power of real food and how to get you off of or reduce, anyways, the medications and their side effects. So if you um, stop eating factory food that's loaded with chemicals and artificial ingredients and additives and preservatives, then you're going to open up the door to healing and weight loss. So we have a great show today. We are going to um, talk about my favorite topic, real food, with an expert, Melissa Hartwig. So welcome, Melissa. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, now Melissa and Dallas have written a book called It Starts With Food, and I highly recommend this book. It's very readable, practical, um, with lots of good information that will outline a program that is going to be phenomenal for you. I recommend it because it's balanced and sustainable, and it's what I recommend to my clients and my students. But today, um, I just wanted to, you know, first maybe introduce Melissa a little bit more. Um, Her background is certified sports nutritionist, and I see kettlebell instructor in there too, and um, completing a master's with Hawthorne University. And um, did did I miss any credentials there, Melissa? No, I think that about covers it. Those are all my letters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we have to have letters after our name or nobody is going to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, tell us how this all started, that you got into health and wellness and sports nutrition and all that. What When did you first realize this was something that you were interested in doing and how did that kind of unfold to where you are today with this book and website? Wow, so... Boy, um, my husband Dallas and I have been working together in kind of a fitness, nutrition, health capacity for seven or eight years at this point. I uh, first kind of got into health and fitness and coaching when I discovered a love for kettlebells about seven years ago. Before that, I was kind of a typical standard gym girl. I ran and did triathlons and worked out in the gym. But once I discovered kettlebells, I, I really developed a love for strength and conditioning and and, uh, exercising kind of full-body workouts. And through kettlebells, I met Dallas, and he is a physical therapist. So he and I did some work together on rehabbing a shoulder injury of mine and uh, working together with exercise. And he really kind of introduced me to the the, um, subject of a paleo-style diet. He had been doing some research for his sister, who has rheumatoid arthritis, and came across a paper by Dr. Lauren Cordain about how removal of some inflammatory foods may help an inflammatory condition like RA. When he tried this way of eating himself, he discovered that some aches and pains and a shoulder injury that he was also rehabbing um, miraculously got better. And as a physical therapist to have done PT on himself for the last year and not be able to heal his own injury and then have changing his diet be the answer to his issues was a pretty powerful experience. So from there, he introduced me to the... Yeah, I mean, it was really kind of a a mind-blowing thing. So he and I worked together with our, we were co-owned a gym at the time, and we were working with our clients on health and nutrition. And uh, a a friend and mentor of ours, Rob Wolf, who is the author of The Paleo Solution, had a seminar. And in his seminar, he said, 
you got to give this thing a try, right? For 30 days, eliminate all of these potentially inflammatory foods and see how it makes you look and how you feel and how you perform in the gym. So Dallas and I decided about four and a half years ago that we were going to do this 30-day program. It didn't have a name at the time. We were just going to eat squeaky clean paleo foods for 30 days, and I was going to do some things on top of that to try to change my relationship with food. So I was going to stay off the scale. I was going to get out of the mirror and not focus so much on appearance and body weight, but focus more on being healthy. And that experience changed my life in a very profound way and in a very permanent way. And from there, the foundation of our nutrition program called The Whole 30 was born. Um, and from there, we had the website and the book and our seminars and everything kind of spawned from that one experience. Yeah, so pretty powerful what 30 days can do when you're doing it right. And so you had, um, you know, like you said, a profound experience. So can you just back up maybe and talk a little bit about what is the whole 30? And, you know, in in that will be an explanation for people who aren't maybe uh, familiar with the ins and outs of the paleo way of eating. So tell us what is whole 30? Sure. The the Whole30 is essentially a 30-day nutritional reset. It's designed to help you change your relationship with food and break unhealthy habits and cravings. It's designed to help you restore a healthy metabolism and a good hormonal balance, to heal the gut, and to minimize systemic inflammation or promote balance to your immune system. So for 30 days, you pull out all of the food groups that we find are very commonly problematic in terms of people's health conditions, people trying to lose weight, uh, in terms of energy disruption, blood sugar dysregulation. You pull all those foods out for a full 30 days. So it's a very strict elimination program. The foods that we eliminate during the whole 30 include sugar of any kind, whether it's natural or artificial, uh, added sugars. We pull out alcohol. We pull out all grains, so that's wheat, rye, barley, things like corn and rice and even pseudo-cereals like quinoa. We pull out all legumes, so beans, peas, peanuts, and soy. And we pull out all dairy products with the exception of clarified butter or ghee. And again, we're pulling these foods out specifically because science and our experience has shown us that these are the foods that are the most commonly problematic in terms of people's um, health issues in terms of leaky gut syndrome, in terms of inflammatory conditions, lifestyle-related diseases and conditions, in terms of weight loss, in terms of a healthy hormonal balance. So you pull all of those out for 30 days, and then you reintroduce them in a very systematic, scientific fashion, one at a time, so that you can pinpoint how these foods are affecting you individually. After that process is done, you then have this roadmap to tell you how the foods you're eating are affecting how you look, how you feel, how you live, and you can then make an educated, informed decision how to include some of these less healthy foods back in your diet in a way that feels totally sustainable and balanced and healthy, but in a way that is ideal for you and your individual biochemistry. Okay, I gotcha. So this is um, not even raw honey (laughs) or stevia, correct? (laughs) That's right. For the purposes of the program, we eliminate all added sugar. And it's not that a gram of sugar in your ketchup or a drop of honey in your coffee is going to send you into metabolic derangement. 
it's because we want to promote awareness with this program, awareness of how often we rely on added sugars for sweetness, how often companies add sugar to products that you would never imagine there would be sugar in, things like deli meat and spices. And because we're trying to change people's relationships with food, and because people respond best to black and white goals as opposed to the concept of, oh, just eat less sugar or eat more natural sugar, for the purposes of those 30 days, we eliminate all added sugars. Okay. And then I know, um, you know, people who are eating a real food diet tend to gravitate towards paleo muffins, pancakes, things like that. So even though it's made with um, ground-up almonds and coconut flour, that's not on this 30-day program, right? That's correct, and that's one of the most important rules. And it's the, I think the rule that sets this particular plan apart from all of the other sort of 30-day challenges and, and uh, paleo programs, we don't allow you to recreate junk food or dessert foods or treats with paleo ingredients because if we're trying to change your relationship with food, a pancake is still a pancake. It doesn't matter whether it's made with traditional flour or almond flour. All your brain knows is that you wake up every morning and you're still eating pancakes. And the ability to change that, to eat more nutrient-dense food and to break those habits and associations is the absolute foundation for making this a sustainable way of life as opposed to a short-term diet. Yeah, and and I know you see that <laughs> as well with people who maybe even aren't on the Whole30, but these things start creeping in and become more and more a part of the diet, and it's just crowding out room for eating the real foods, the vegetables and the you know grass-fed meats and things like that. So um, what happens in, for that piece after a person has successfully done the Whole30, figured out their food sensitivities? What um, where, Where's the balance there with these paleo you know, pizzas and paleo muffins? Do you allow them at all or you just say it's really not worth it? So that's going to be completely up to the individual. What we do in our program is not dictate how much you can eat or how often you can treat yourself. We provide a plan for life after your whole 30 so that you can decide for yourself where that line is. We encourage people to make conscious, deliberate decisions about when and how often and how much to include these foods back in their diet. We even have, it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but a lot of people actually use it um, quite literally. We've got this flow chart that's a guide to nutritional off-roading that's what we call it and it helps people walk through the decision making process do i really want this food is it special is it delicious is it going to mess me up if it is going to mess me up is it worth it and it's all these questions that you can ask yourself and, and by putting some awareness into this process and learning to make a conscious deliberate decision one you find that you're no longer mindlessly munching on the m&ms that happen to be on the break room counter which we've all found ourselves doing from time to time. And you, you can break the cycle of eating a food that maybe is less healthy but you decide is worth it and then feeling guilt, shame, and remorse afterward. We don't want guilt associated with your food choices. And if you are making a conscious, deliberate decision, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there are only consequences. So that's the plan that we outline and we walk people through in our book in great detail how to establish a healthy, sustainable balance with some of these less healthy but delicious foods in a way that um, you don't feel restricted, but at the same time in a way that you continue to move towards better health and improve fitness. 
Yeah, that that makes sense. And it, there's freedom in there as well as checks and balances. So I can see mm-hmm. that that, you know, would really help people. Um, so what um, what do you see? What can people expect if they give up their 30 days? You know, what um, what are you promising or hoping <laughs> will happen for them? <laughs> well, the, the tagline is the program, you know, the whole 30, like this will change your life. And I don't think that that's, an understatement, I don't feel like that's hyperbole. We have tens of thousands of testimonials reporting that the program really changed people's lives on a very permanent level. So, you know, we don't focus on weight loss as a goal of the program. In fact, we don't really talk about weight loss at all because we really focus on health. And if you get healthy from the inside out, the weight loss and the improved body composition just sort of naturally happens. But I will say that because people are so focused on weight and they want to achieve a healthy um, weight and body fat percentage, in a survey we did in 2012 of more than 2,000 Whole30 participants, 95% lost weight without ever thinking about weight or counting calories or stepping on a scale during their Whole30. So the majority of people do achieve a healthier body composition through the program. People report improved energy levels. You wake up in the morning and you feel just as good at 6 a.m. as you do at noon, as you do at 6 p.m. People report um, reduction in cravings, especially sugar cravings. Uh, People report improved physical performance. If you're an athlete, if you go to the gym, if you like to run 5Ks on the weekend, physical performance and recovery is improved. And then really the the heart of the program is that people have approved an almost miraculous improvement in any number of medical conditions, lifestyle-related diseases and conditions. So we've had people who are type 2 diabetic who are no longer diabetic. We've had people who were uh, had rheumatoid arthritis who no longer have the marker for RA. They no longer have that autoimmune condition. We've had people who no longer have asthma, seasonal allergies, migraines, sinus infections, uh, we've you know had people who were reporting um, as infertile, conceive and have children. So the power of a good anti-inflammatory diet that's very well crafted to, de- to deliver optimal nutrition, reduction in inflammatory markers, and specifically designed to heal the gut, the power of that is nearly unlimited in terms of what it can do to improve people's health. Yeah, you know, if we could um, bottle this and sell it, like pharmaceutical (laughs) companies, we'd be uh, billionaires. And that's what's so wrong in this country is that no, um, nobody is really aware of that. Unless you are finding your own information, you're not going to hear it from you know your average doctor or the average um, commercial on TV. And this is powerful stuff, reversing type 2 diabetes and RA, asthma allergies. Um, people suffer years and years and years. And then I, I know when we suggest that just do this for 30 days, you don't have to believe me that it's going to work. Just do it and prove it to yourself. Mm-hmm. But still there's that hesitation, even though you have and I have you know, documented results. That, but I can't give up my bread. <laughs> So how do you talk the hard stuff with people like this? And you, you don't um, just let them have a little cheat day or anything like that. So how? what's your kind of words around that? Yeah, you know, the, the key to the program with the Whole30 is that you can't have just a little here and there. The program has to be 100% elimination in order for, uh, in order for it to work. If, if you... 
um, have a sensitivity to a food and you eat just a little bit of that food once in a while, you're still disrupting the gut and you're still firing up the immune system. It, it can be difficult and you can't ever convince anybody who isn't ready to make the change that they need to do this program. But if someone comes to me and says, look, I know that there's an issue. I really want to get healthier. I think the Whole30 is the right thing for me, but I can't imagine giving up bread. The first thing I always tell them is it's only 30 days. You can do anything for 30 days. It's not a life sentence. If you get through your 30 days and you discover that bread is perfectly fine for you and makes you healthy and you love it so much, go back to eating bread. But for the 30-day period, pull it out of your diet, and you may be surprised when you go back to it how it was actually making you feel. Um, Mm -hmm. The most famous line in the Whole30, I think, and the one that's the most often quoted, is where we wrote, even four years ago, we wrote, this is not hard. You have done more difficult things in your life. Birthing a baby is hard. Beating cancer is hard. You know, quitting heroin is hard. Drinking your coffee black is not hard. And that Mm -hmm. kind of tough love that we're a little bit famous for is often the motivation people need to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. Good for you. Yeah. So (laughs) your book, um, It Starts With Food, is um, available in the regular book places. But you also have a lot of online resources um, that are available. And it seems like quite a bit is online. And I guess you did that intentionally, that knowing that you just want to help people. (laughs) Yeah, the Whole30 program is free. That's the most important thing for people to know. It's free. It's always been free. It will always be free. It's available on our website with a ton of free online resources. We've got a shopping list, a pantry stocking guide, a meal planning template. We've got a get started guide for the very first step, how to how to get started with the program, a guide to purchasing good meat, a guide to sneaky sugars. Um, we've got the Whole30 program translated into a number of different languages at this point, Spanish, Russian, uh, Czech. So, We have all of these resources available on our website, a free Whole30 forum, a Whole30 daily uh, newsletter that comes every day during your program. We have all of these resources because we just want people to succeed on the program. We want to give you as much help as we can and as much of our knowledge and experience as we can so that when you start this, even though it may be a little intimidating at first, you've got all the support and resources you need to successfully make it through your 30 days. Okay, and and would you give out your website, please, where this is found? Oh, of course. Um, the website is whole, W-H-O-L-E, and the number 9 and the word life.com. Okay. So now you need to explain why 9 and not 30 in your website, whole9life.com. <laughs> doesn't line up with mm-hmm. what we've talked about. <laughs> the, the Whole30 is our 30-day nutrition program. Whole9 is the name of our business. And the 9 in Whole9 is built around nine factors that we think come together to help somebody achieve optimal fitness. Nutrition is one of those factors, and we think it's the most foundational But there are other factors in terms of health and in terms of fitness that are equally important. So things like stress management and healthy movement and socialization and outdoor exposure and being in sunlight and natural environments. These are all things that come together and blend together to provide whole health. And so when we work with consulting clients, when we write articles for our website, we focus not only on nutrition but on these other nine factors to help people kind of prioritize and triage and figure out what they need to do to improve their health to the next step. Okay, awesome. Now, do you have um, 
a newsletter or a subscription to something other than when you're doing the 30-day program? Do you write other blogs? We Yep, we have a very active blog on our website. It's called The Nine Blog, and we post two or three articles a week. We write a lot about nutrition. We write a lot about those other factors we spoke about, socialization, stress management. Um, we have a, a column that we write uh, called Dear Melissa where people write in their questions related to the emotional aspects or the social aspects of healthy eating and lifestyle changes, and we try to address some people's questions. We've got a series on transitioning kids to this healthy eating plan. We've got a series on um, uh, called The Conscientious Omnivore, which helps people choose uh, ethically, responsibly, humanely raised animal protein sources. So we do write an awful lot. There's tons of articles on our website, pretty much on any subject you could imagine, all related, of course, to this idea of healthy lifestyle, healthy diet. Okay, great. Now I wanted to ask you, um, for those people with autoimmune conditions, do you recommend the Whole30 or is there a variation on that plan? There is a variation of the Whole30. So the Whole30 is the perfect foundation for those suffering from an autoimmune condition because it is so specifically designed to minimize inflammation, to calm an overactive immune system. And we've seen people who, again, rarely, but it happens, reverse autoimmune disease. More commonly, we see people who have the autoimmune condition, but whose symptoms are either vastly improved or eliminated by changing their diet. There are some additional foods, though, that we pull out on top of the foods we exclude on the Whole30. When you have an autoimmune condition, your margin for error is that much narrower. And we find that people with autoimmune conditions have sensitivities to foods that are otherwise, for most people, normally healthy. So we've got an outline of the autoimmune protocol in our book. It starts with food. But on top of the Whole30 requirements, we would also have people pull out eggs, um, specifically egg whites, which tend to be very problematic in those with autoimmune conditions. We have people pull out nightshades, which are a group of plants that contain compounds that may be inflammatory in certain populations. So nightshades are things like tomatoes, white potatoes, um, peppers, eggplant, and some of your pepper spices. Uh, we have people pull out all dairy, so including the clarified butter and ghee, because those dairy proteins may prove problematic. And we also have them pull out nuts and seeds because, again, we've observed in autoimmune populations that nuts and seeds may be a trigger for those inflammatory symptoms. So the program for autoimmune is definitely a little more strict and a little more narrow, but there are still a ton of foods that you can eat to create delicious meals. And we also have a very special autoimmune shopping list available for free on our website for those who are pursuing that avenue. Okay. So what about, um, this may not come into play in your program, but what about those uh, foods that are not, um, well, they're cross-reacting, you know, to gluten, so things like chocolate and coffee, you know, soy and yeast. Do you you have any feelings about those? So um, some of the most common cross-reactants to gluten are already eliminated in the Whole30. So casein, for example, and soy are already excluded during the Whole30. So you don't have to worry about those very, very common culprits. Coffee, i got to tell you, that's a really hot topic these days, but the one study I've read that mentions coffee as cross-reacting with gluten only specifically mentioned instant coffee. I do not have any scientific evidence yet to support 
regular coffee, organic coffee, decaf coffee, cross-reacting with gluten, although people anecdotally have reported a cross-reaction. So with foods like that where maybe there's a consensus that some people are sensitive, you'll have to use your own judgment. Um, If you go through the Whole30 and you go through the autoimmune protocol and you're still experiencing some inflammatory symptoms, then you may want to take it to the next level and say, well, maybe coffee is problematic, maybe chocolate is problematic, and pull those foods out as well. So they're sort of tertiary because the evidence, the scientific evidence for those is not yet robust enough for us to include them in the protocol. It just may be something you want to keep an eye on. Okay. So with the nightshades, it's just the white potato and not sweet potato? Correct. Sweet potato are in a different botanical family, and they are not considered a nightshade. So those would be a great substitute. And then soy, um, do you allow for tempeh, miso, or natto, fermented soy? No, we don't. Not on the program. All forms of soy would be excluded. Soy is one of the most common allergenic foods, as you know, and uh, we're just not super convinced that the phytoestrogen effect of soy is healthy uh, in the general population. So, again, it's one of the – just for the 30 days, you pull that out, and then if you want to reintroduce and see how it affects you, you certainly can. Okay. Um, So then one of the other topics I wanted to talk about were supplements. Um, Now, on the Whole30, if people are – on supplements? Should they be getting off of supplements? Well, not necessarily. I guess it depends on the kind of supplement. So if you're, people are currently taking like a green powder, one of those sort of veggie powders, you definitely want to read your labels. Most of the time those green powders or veggie powders will include things that are off plan on the Whole30, like a brown rice bran or a pea protein. And those would be excluded because they're not part of the Whole30 foods. If you're taking normal supplements like a multivitamin or fish oil or magnesium, those should be fine on the Whole30. And, of course, if your doctor has you on any medications or supplements, absolutely follow your doctor's orders and consult with him before you undertake a program like the Whole30. Okay. So then outside of the program, um, let's talk about supplements in general. How um, do you... Advise your clients uh, on a supplement program. Sure. You know, we we really want to get as much micronutrition as possible from the real food that we eat. However, in most cases, we can't eat perfectly all the time. Our lifestyle is such that maybe we're dining out more frequently than we want to or we're eating on the go or we're not getting outside in the sunshine as often as we need to. So some basic supplementation of stuff that we already get from our natural food and environment may be a good idea. We do outline a few of the general supplements that we recommend in our book. It starts with food, but fish oil, for example, is a really great supplement that we think uh, relatively cost-effective If you're eating a lot of cold water fatty fish, if you're doing a lot of wild-caught salmon and maybe some herring or mackerel or sardines, you probably don't need omega-3 supplementation. But if you're not, or if you're dining out on a regular basis and you're eating foods that that contain a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, like vegetable oils, uh, which most restaurants cook with, it may be a good idea to supplement with something like a healthy fish oil. So we've got um, a couple brands that we like and even a coupon code in our book for the Stronger, Faster, Healthier brand, which is our choice. 
Um, but there are several brands, either liquid or pill, that have a good concentration of the good EPA and DHA anti-inflammatory stuff, and it's relatively cost-effective. So that's one of the, the supplements we recommend. Vitamin D3 is another very cost-effective, very important supplement. Um, if you're in wintertime and you're north of about the Atlanta line, you're not able to make enough vitamin D, even if you're going outside in the sunshine in the winter months. So supplementation up to 5,000 IUs a day is really pretty cost-effective and really helpful in terms of maintaining a good immune balance and healthy bones and kind of you name it. Vitamin D3 is a a really important um, hormone in the body. So those are two, for example, that we recommend. Pretty basic, relatively cost-effective, and already things that are found in the good food and lifestyles that we're, we're already kind of doing. Yeah, and then um, the amount of D3, do you have people get tested first or do you have just a general um, dosage for D3 that you recommend? You could get tested and it would be interesting to see how depleted or deficient you were. Um, You know, the, the studies and research that I've read suggests that most people are pretty seriously D3 depleted. Uh, In in general, it's really hard to kind of overdose on D3. Your body's pretty good at regulating uh, intake and how much you retain. So uh, general recommendation, up to 5,000 IUs a day, uh, 5,000 international units a day. We kind of play it by ear. If it's summertime and we're outside in the sun quite a bit, we may not take any D3. And in the wintertime, we're probably taking about 5,000 IUs a day. Um, even some research suggests supplementing with up to 10,000 IUs a day for specific situations could even be helpful and and um, has not been shown to be toxic in any way. So we have the omega-3s and the D3, and what else are some foundational supplements that you recommend? Uh, we really like a magnesium supplement. Lots and lots of people are magnesium deficient. We take a lot of calcium supplements, but not a lot of magnesium. And magnesium is just as important for maintaining good, strong, healthy bones. Um, Magnesium is also a really interesting supplement for people who are having a hard time sleeping at night. We find that taking a magnesium citrate uh, in powder form like something like a Natural Calm, which is the brand that we like. Uh, Mix it in water, about a teaspoon or two in water before you go to sleep. And we find it really helps with people falling asleep easier and having a a better kind of deeper restorative sleep. So magnesium is a good one. Again, really inexpensive, really easy to take. Uh, A good digestive enzyme is, is probably a good idea for a lot of people. We have an article on our website called Digestive Enzymes 101 that breaks down all of the different reasons why you might want a digestive enzyme and what to look for in a good supplement and how to take them. And then finally, a good probiotic. So that good, healthy bacteria to help us keep our bacterial balance and our gut um, nice and robust and keep the, the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. And again, we've got an article on our website written by a naturopath doctor, um, friend of ours, about probiotics, what to look for, how to take them, how much to take. Okay, yeah, because you did suggest in the book that you recommended testing before supplementing, um, and I'm wondering how that's done. Is there a specific kind of testing that you're doing? Um, For probiotics specifically, if you 
dump, so even though probiotics are good, they're good, healthy bacteria, if your bacterial balance in your gut is already out of whack, dumping a bunch of probiotics on top of that, whether it be via supplementation or eating a bunch of fermented foods, can actually make things worse instead of better. So you can go through your local functional medicine doctor or naturopath and get just some very basic stool testing. It's relatively inexpensive. It's pretty easy. And based on those stool tests, they can tell you the balance of good bacteria, bad bacteria, uh, whether you have any overgrowth of anything like candida, any parasites, any kind of infection. And based on that specific testing, your doctor can then recommend very specific probiotic blends or supplements for you to help get that balance back in uh, in order. Okay. Is that part of the uh, article or is that a separate topic? It is part of the article, yeah, Probiotics 101 on our website, on the nine blog there under whole9life.com. Um, and Dr. Tim okay. Gersmar, who's a naturopathic doctor who does a lot of testing and specializes in gut health, has some really good recommendations for those who are concerned about gut health. And if you've got kind of very obvious symptoms of a disrupted gut, if you've got gas and bloating and digestive issues and pain, then that's something you probably want to consider before you start taking a probiotic. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. So the whole9life.com is the website. Um, it starts mm-hmm. with food is your book. And um, are you seeing clients or is this what you have to offer people? We actually travel all across the country. We've got several teams tra- uh, traveling across the country, U.S. and Canada and Australia, uh, New Zealand area doing uh, full-day nutrition seminars. So we go out to the local communities and we talk about our nutrition program. We help people figure out how to get started with this way of eating. We talk about sleep and stress management and other factors involved in a healthy lifestyle. So we've got seminars coming up in um, Trenton, New Jersey, Modesto, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, and we've got more on the books for late fall, too. So you can see those, our seminars and where we'll be making appearances on the sidebar of our website as well. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Melissa. Uh, it's been fun talking with you and getting to know a little bit more about the book, which I read and totally enjoyed. And and I have um, you know encountered people who have done the program and and had great success. And, um, you know, I I just thank you for what you're doing, your work that you're doing, and, um, you know, just how generous you are with the resources on your website. Um, All good stuff. (laughs) So thanks again for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. You keep doing the great work that you're doing, too, sharing sharing the good food word, as we call it. So thank you. Yep. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.